One of my most favorite quotes of all time is the one that says that sunsets are proof that endings can be beautiful. In other words, at the end of the day, that when something finishes, it doesn't have to be so sad or it doesn't have to be the ending of something. It just means you're about to turn the page to something beautiful and experience some beautiful things like maybe the sunrise the very next day in, you know, with, with this analogy or with this quote. Um, and it is one of my most favorite quotes too, because I think that we sometimes forget to just sit for a moment and reflect on that day, reflect on what happened to make that sunset and to finish off the day. So for our episode today, we're doing just that. We are starting to sunset the the year, the end of 2023. But before we fully do that, we'd like to reflect on all of our guest highlights that happened during this year. Because I think as part of moving on to a whole new year, I think it's nice to see, okay, well, what do I want to bring on to the new year? What what did I hear during the year that I do want to bring on? And I'm thinking that some of these guests may have brought that to you, may have inspired you to bring along a new thought, a new concept, a new idea, a new organizing system maybe that you want to bring on to the new year. So we are doing a little year in review from all of our guests. Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well, then let's go. So welcome to our year and special where we are reflecting over our guests' top tips and reminders that they gave us. I was lucky enough to have these 13 guests join me this year, and thanks to their tips and input, we are much smarter and more prepared to tackle our own organizing journey. Uh, I, I mean, I can talk about organizing all day long. The topics are endless for me, but it's way more fun when you can chat with others about this topic, and it's my deep belief that you do need to hear how others do things and have experts share their findings so you can create your own systems. So this is one of those um, journeys in your like the organizing journey and productivity journey where I do think that listening to how others do it and then using that information to mold your own system is going to be really helpful. So join me today as I highlight your favorite quotes or moments from the guest episodes that either you sent in, you commented on, or that we could tell was really popular because you quoted it or you sent us some kind of feedback that told us that that was a standout moment for you. In typical fashion, I have grouped the themes together, giving you a heads up on what um, what's to come in the episode because we, we like to give you a little bit of a table of contents. If you're familiar with our podcast, um, I try to give you a heads up. Okay, so we are identifying five themes from our guest that seem to stand out. So I kind of grouped them together based on those five themes. And so I'll go with, I'll go through in that order of the theme. Um, some, some of the guests were early on in the year, so I'm not going in chronological order of when they appeared, but more so according to what, um, what was one of their biggest takeaways or some of the themes that I think that they fit in really nicely. So if you want to listen to their particular episode, just head on down to the show notes and then there's a link there that just takes you right to their particular episode so you can listen to the full thing 
because we are only highlighting like a minute's worth of, or even sometimes a couple seconds worth of what they said. Um, but if you want to hear more, then head on over to their respective episode. For our first grouping or segment, let's talk about organizing and mental well-being. Throughout the year, our episodes have emphasized the profound impact that organizing and organization has on our mental well-being. And so whether it's organizing our homes or our digital spaces, each conversation has all been centered around fostering peace through structured and intentional living, right? Um, but these three next episodes that we're about to highlight really talk about that finding peace through organizing. First, we've got um, our episode with Suzanne Orlando, who is a licensed therapist, and she talked about mental health and organizing. We also spoke to uh, Magdalena Mendez, who is a, a designer, and she talked about how to find your own style so that you, when you find yourself in your own style, it brings that peace of always feeling so overwhelmed and not knowing where to even start when it comes to organizing. And then we talked to Dr. Dar, who led us through a conversation about how to avoid frustration when you're living with an unorganized partner. And so finding peace through that. This highlight is from Suzanne Orlando earlier in the year, who is a licensed therapist, and she reminded us about the connection between external and internal organization, and that if you do decide to talk to a trained professional about it, how there's that connection between how your stuff on the outer uh, the outer self can also can be a reflection of your inner self and vice versa, if you do talk to somebody, how that journey may take a while but that's okay because it will be worth it for your inner peace. So let's hear from Suzanne. If our life is complete chaos on the outside, it's probably a reflection of what's really going on on the inside. I don't think that those two things are ever a coincidence. I think they're certainly aligned and connected. There are people who start therapy and everything is going great. And there's also an expectation of when I leave my therapist's office, I'm supposed to feel great. I'm supposed to feel really good. I'm supposed to, right? But most of the time, what happens here is when we start to unpack the things that we've been holding on to, think about it as things of like are stuck in this like dark room. And this dark room hasn't been touched for months or years. And it's so dusty and there's cobwebs. And just think about that, right? And as I start to talk about this, the things in the room start to shift. And when the things in the room start to shift, it starts to get dusty and it starts to get uncomfortable and I'm coughing and I can't really see in the dust. So I start to feel uncomfortable. And I figured if I walked into this room and I started shifting things around when I left the room, I would be totally, I'd feel totally good and fresh. But in reality, when I leave the room, I have all this dust and soot all over me. So that's the process of therapy. When I start to unpack the hard things and talk about the hard things, I might leave the office feeling like garbage. I might not feel that great when I leave the office, but that is a key component to your work because that means that you are getting uncomfortable. You are making the shifts to allow the change to start to come forward for you. And that is also a lot of times where most people choose to drop out of therapy because the expectation they have is they're supposed to feel good every single time they leave the office. Sometimes when you start talking about the hard things, you don't really feel that good when you leave the office. And this isn't to, to, to discourage anybody. This is anything that's uncomfortable, right? We have to get uncomfortable with something before the change starts to happen. I mean, that moment for me was one of my highlights for sure, that we have to get uncomfortable before the change starts to happen. 
Okay, so moving along. So as part of finding your peace, we talked to Magdalena Mendez, who talked about how to start finding your style so that organizing becomes easier. Well, I feel like if your space doesn't make you happy, then we need to change it. You're your own person. I always tell my my clients, like, I, I can recommend something, but you're living in this house. So if you don't like something, you know, you're the one, I'm not going to live there. I might like it, but you might not, you know? So it's like, you're going to have to try to, but exactly how you're saying, you have to find the common denominator, right? You have to find that style first. And speaking of inner peace, sometimes our roadblocks are things that we can't control. And some things that we can't control are things that other people do, like other people's personality and the actions of others. Their organizing style might be different than ours. So we talked to Dr. Dar about it, and she gave us some great tips on how to avoid frustration when you're living with an unorganized partner and finding a little bit more peace when you are faced with these types of people. As soon as you claim your feelings and you're upset, it starts to get you more into a neutral mood. And you're making it about yourself, not them. Navigating them, it's really important to understand each other's relationship language so that you can you can have empathy and listen from that per, the perspective of that lens instead of your own lens, and then share your perspective from your lens or relationship language. For our next segment, we had experts really emphasize the importance of mindfulness, self-care, and personal growth. They uh, highlighted the necessity of redefining productivity, right? Let's redefine that. It's not just about the hustle. Avoiding burnout and practicing mindfulness in our everyday lives. We have three of our episodes highlighted in this next section. We, to start us off, we had Sabrina Runbeck give us her definition, which is a very well-known definition, by the way, of productivity in her episode. And she talks about how to establish systems that require the least amount of efforts for you. So you'll definitely want to listen to her episode. Um, so just, you know, not following just a cookie cutter type of system. And then we have um, Jennifer Baspin talking about burnout. And then right after that, we had Susie talking about the procrastination and why we do it and how to stop. So let's go ahead and highlight Sabrina's definition of productivity to get us started. All of us define productivity very differently. Now, I always say this, every time you ask someone how they're doing, they're always like, I'm busy. Like busy is a good thing. Now we know busyness is not the same as productivity and productivity really is not the same as efficiency and efficiency is not the same as result-driven and go that you're able to achieve. So that spectrum of it, productivity for me is simply you are able to get a lot of things done. Now we have to get into more into productivity of when you get a lot of things done, what does that truly mean for you? Are you doing the most effective way to get things done? Are there alternatives that you can use tools, resources, people that can actually help you achieve. And when you achieve that, are you achieving the right thing? So at the end of the day, productivity should lead you to the most effective way of doing something to reach the highest result with the least amount of effort. And speaking of redefining productivity and burnout and all that hustle kind of mindset, we came over and talked to Jennifer Bassman and we talked about avoiding burnout. And she mentioned, well, we as part of the conversation, we talked about, hey, what happens when maybe the problem is you? 
and maybe not always other people or other circumstances. So she gave us her input on that. Let's listen in. What I, I've discovered, I've been researching burnout now for 13 years. And one of the things that I've discovered, and this is um, something that goes against what a lot of people really truly believe about burnout, even the experts, I really feel like it's our personal habits and our personality that tend to burn us out more than our job or you know our families or our relationships or the world around us. Because there's a way, you know, we all process information. We all handle stress. We all handle different types of workloads very differently. And so it's, for me, it's really hard to say it's this one thing. It's your job. And I really think most of the time, it's not your job. It's just that you, how you think about your job, how you're doing the work. Um, If you've been set up to fail, you know, what your personal work ethic and your beliefs are about getting something done, because it's not always a toxic work environment. And I'm not saying this stuff doesn't exist, but, you know, we have personal tendencies that get in our way, I think, more than the actual work. Think about when you are taking a walk or when you were working out or, um, you know, when you are working on a project at work or you're doing your hobby, your brain thinks a different way. And when your brain is more in a negative mindset, which when you're burned out, you know, that's that's where you are, that takes more energy out of you. Um, that is very draining. In fact, the when you are, you know, a negative person and you are in that negative mindset, your stress levels rise twice as fast and it burns energy twice as fast. Yeah, that's one of those moments of self-reflection, right? But if you do find yourself realizing that it may be you, that awareness is key, which is great. And Susie Castellanos Hensley is explaining to us next how procrastination, imposter syndrome, and the nervous system all are related. So don't feel bad. So don't feel like, okay, maybe it is me and you've come to that realization, but it's okay. There is a way out of it. And it all starts with a little bit of self-reflection. So let's talk about how Susie is showing us the importance of not shaming oneself when it comes to procrastination and, and why you've been avoiding tasks. So let's listen in. Well, I will tell you that procrastination can be one of the symptoms of imposter syndrome. Our nervous system cannot tell the difference. So when you understand that, there's no reason to be ashamed. It's just knowing like, oh, It's my nervous system trying to protect me. All right. So for the next segment here, we are talking all about organizing when you're taking care of others. More specifically, if you're a caregiver, maybe you're a teacher. And so how to navigate through that when it feels overwhelming that you need to have your life together and then also the other person that you're taking care of. The following three episodes were great episodes that talked about caring for others or when you are taking care of others and how to see the, see the world through their eyes, but you are the person doing it, so you need to take care of yourself as well. So these three experts gave us tips on how it can help both of those sides a little bit. To get us started, we had Adria Thompson giving us tips on how to organize the space around you and the person you're caring for that has dementia. We also talked to a former teacher, Monica Monfrey, and she's giving us 
advice for staying organized in the classroom. So if you're a teacher or a former teacher or will be a teacher, this is a great episode for you. And then we lastly will talk to also a former teacher, Ebony Creighton, who talked about finding your groove when you are out for a long period of time, like especially during summer breaks. Um, when you're needing to take care of your own stuff, but then also either your children's or whoever it is uh, during those long breaks. So let's listen in to Adria first, who gives us some tips on navigating uh, dementia and practical organizing tips when you're the caregiver. My first tip is to remove digital clutter. So removing programs or apps that are unnecessary or unused. Clearing out clutter will simplify the person's experience in navigating to what they need. And it's also going to decrease opportunities for making mistakes, right? So when someone has a brain change and it's affecting their life, it's going to also affect their ability to navigate through technology. Maybe it's a phone or a tablet or a computer. And so removing things that are unnecessary that they're not using anymore is just going to simplify that process for them. So if they, if there are some apps that that need to be there, you know, for like system operation, or it's uh, some files that are just necessary for, whatever you know piece of technology it is even just putting them in a folder and labeling it do not open or like ignore this like being very straightforward and simplifying their experience can really go a long way honestly this year adria was the one person that reminded me to have more patience just in general for for all um, but of course, especially if you're a care, caregiver, um, but it, her episode was just so beautiful and it taught me a lot about patience. She's just an amazing person. Okay, so next up, we've got another amazing guest and that's Monica Monfrey and she gave us tips on what happens when you're an educator. If you're a teacher, maybe you're starting out or even you're just trying to figure yourself out again. Uh, maybe you're starting at a new school. And so she gave us some tips on that, on how to stay organized in the classroom. And if you are just starting out, she gives you some of her tips that she wishes she would have known when she first started out. And for all of you that are seasoned educators and teachers, she gives us some great tips on what to consider um, if maybe things are changing a little bit. So let's listen to her highlights. For newer teachers, I just would say like, give yourself grace because it took me a while. And there's lots of different parts of organization inside of the classroom. So I didn't really have an organization to my day until probably year three, because I was just sort of trying to get by. One thing that I think is so unique for teachers is you might have multiple different systems based upon your class. So I taught five periods when I first started, five sections. And two of those I had a co-teacher with. So those organizations were different because, again, we're managing two people's organization styles and also students who maybe had different legal requirements around what organization needed to look like for them. So certain ones got better. I would still say that when I left teaching in last year, so my last school year was 2021 to 2022, I felt like I was pretty down to the organization aspects of it. And the thing that I I wish if I could have gotten it done faster would have been my calendar and just putting in dates on there. 
And speaking of former teachers, we also have another former teacher, Ebony Creighton, who taught us all about not overcomplicating things. And what I love about her episode is I inserted in this particular point of the podcast today is a reminder that don't overcomplicate it. They're all, there's all these opinions and thoughts and ways of doing things, but at the end of the game and at the end of the day, it's probably the easiest thing that you have at your fingertips that will help you get and stay organized. And for her episode, it's more relevant, especially if you are hanging out with your little ones or you're caretaking for somebody for a long period of time. And sometimes it's just not trying to incorporate all the fancy tools and all the fancy systems. Sometimes it's just about working with what you've got. So let's hear it from Ebony. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It doesn't have to be I think, I think moms go in two directions. Either we're like, oh my God, it's summertime. We're going to Disneyland. We're getting matching outfits. We're overdoing it. We're over, over. And don't get me wrong. I want to go to Disneyland and I want to overdo it. But that's very extreme and quite expensive, right? It's not always our reality to take these massive, big, epic trips for weeks on it, weeks on end. Or what are we going to do for the rest of the summer outside of that one week trip to Disney, right? Um, or we overcomplicate the most simple things like why, why, why are we rushing to, you know, clean up behind our kids after breakfast when this is a great opportunity to put some music on and give everybody a rag and we're all getting ready to clean the counter. What do you think so far? Are some of these episodes bringing you back to earlier in the year when you may have listened to the episodes when they came out? Or if you're new, we would love to have you as part of our community. So don't forget, you can follow us at The Organized Flamingo and get all these tips and all these guest interview commentary as they're happening live as well. Um, But remember, over on the show notes, we do have the links to all of these episodes if you're enjoying this. Um, Okay, so for the next segment, we've got two more. So we've got this one and then another one. We are talking all about finding a system that you love. And we have two episodes that had great tips about this. The first one is about setting yourself up for success with a capsule wardrobe. And we had Caroline Bauer talking about what a capsule wardrobe is, if that is the system that could work for you. And then we had Julie Hood, who talked about who talked about all about setting your workspace up for success. So let's start off first with Caroline Bauer, who gave us the capsule wardrobe. She ha- In her episode, she defines what it is, and she, you can learn more about that. Um, but she just gave us great insights on the benefits of finding a system that you follow, whether it's the capsule wardrobe system or not. But she just had really good tips about, hey, when you are thinking about this, you know, um, these are the things that I would consider. So it's a great episode for that. Um, and she also talks about the benefits of a capsule wardrobe, if that is for you, and the emotional side that comes with um, capsule wardrobe that I think some people feel a little bit resistant about. So let's hear it from Caroline to get us started with this segment. One of the most sustainable or the most sustainable way to to use our clothes is to wear what we already have. Only in the clothes that you love and are serving you in your current season, uh, visible. And then putting everything else, whether you push it back to the back of the closet, whether you put it in a box up in the closet or under the bed or whatever, just clear it out from your physical face so that it's not adding to your mental burden. And speaking of setting yourself up for success, when it comes to your physical space, 
we talk a lot about the power of a good setup that that's like our thing here at the organized flamingo that's one of our things that we love to do like if you are set up with a good you know starting point it can be a great contributing factor to your success and julie hood a course coach who knows all about the power of a good setup talks about what she would recommend when it comes to setting up your work desk and workspace so here she's offering some of our top tips when it comes to productivity and focusing. So let's hear it from Julie. Number one on the phone is turning off the notifications when I need to really sit down and do something. You don't want the the notifications constantly beeping. And the iPhones have a way you can turn on the focus so you don't see updates. So 100% that. Uh, another thing that you can do is go into the settings and the notifications and you can turn them off for individual apps. So if there's a certain app where you're just getting bombarded, you can go in and turn it off, turn it back on later if you decide you really need it. But I think the notifications are one of the worst pieces of the puzzle for interruptions. And that's why I'm actually not a huge fan. Some of my corporate clients use like Slack and instant messaging. And I also think that is really bad for our productivity because I'm just in the middle of a thought and typing something and then it dings at me. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, and you lose it and um so not a huge fan of those kind of tools either um at a minimum turn them to do not disturbs when you need the the good focus time all right so that's physical spaces let's talk about the digital part of your spaces right because that's becoming a lot more predominant and most of you i would say probably have a lot of like a lot of your daily life and documents in the digital world, whether you think about it or not, whether it's in an app or a file or via pictures, some way, say, some way, shape or form, you probably have a big part of your life living in the digital world. So we are emphasizing that in 2024 a lot more. So you will hear about those topics a lot more and in our workshops which by the way, you can learn all about our 2024 workshops um, over on our website. Also in the show notes, I'll put a, a quick link. So here are three of our guests who gave us tips on how you can leverage technology in your organizing journey. In Tamisha's episode, we talked all about organizing your kitchen so that you have a healthier option at hand and the power of technology to help you do that. Um, I don't know about you, but I love food, but cooking is something that is really hard for me because... I, I often find myself not having the thing that I need in the moment or getting inspired in the moment. And so I just cook with, you know, with what I know, probably the, the same boring thing and then move on or worse yet, take do takeout or something. Um, but Tamisha raises a really great point about using technology to help you in your journey to a healthier kitchen and lifestyle. So let's hear from Tamisha. There's this organization app where you can actually write down everything in your fridge or your pantry. And I used to do that every single week. So that could be a lot for some people, but it's helpful in the instance of when you kind of see it and you know, I have this many spices or I have this much meat or I have this this much vegetables. It can be helpful so that, you know, when you're making your grocery list each week that you you don't have to, or if you go out and you're like, oh, do I have this or not? You can have something on hand because I don't always remember, you know, how many things of onions I have. So that could be helpful too, is if you could find an app that lets you create your actual pantry digitally, that way you're able to have it with you at all times. And while yes, technology can help us, it can also be our downfall. 
But just like any tool that you have, it's important to take care of your digital space and practicing digital hygiene is a must. So Kate Huffnagel gave us a tip on how to know if you need to give your digital spaces some tender love and care and so you're aware of it and if you are finding yourself identifying with what she said, then maybe it's time for you to do a little bit of cleanup in your digital space so that you're not caught up in um, a moment of distress because your passwords are not up to date or whatever it may be. So let's listen to Kate's advice. So the indicators of how you might need to do some digital hygiene could potentially be well, I, I can't find that app. I know I downloaded it last month. Where, where is it on my screen, right? It could be that you're missing important appointments, whether they're a personal appointment or a work meeting or a school-related event. It could be if you are a business owner and you want to send a personalized email to your distribution list, it could be that it shows up in your client's email as hello, Colorado, instead of hello, Stephanie, right? So there's so many different indicators and some of them are more obvious than others. And last but not least, we talked about organizing your email inbox, of course, but more specifically, how do you stop the subscription emails from coming in? Because that is a big part of organizing your email inbox, figuring out what's important, what's not. So those subscription emails may not be as important probably not all, definitely not all of them. Um, so if you're ever wondering how you even ended up in a company's email address, Christy helped us understand that a bit, this whole topic a little bit better and how to get better control of that, because you do need to get to the root of it. Where did these things come from so that they can stop coming in so fast and you can start finally getting a hold of your email inbox and having a little better system going forward. So let's listen in on Christy. So there are, particularly in the U.S., there are can spam laws is literally the set of laws that governs email marketing. And in order for someone to use your contact details and reach out to you either via SMS, um, uh, text message marketing, or email, they have to have your expressed permission to do so. And a lot of companies will take a purchase that you make as expressed permission. And sometimes that that works, sometimes it doesn't um, technically, but basically any time you put your email address out there or your phone number out there to a business entity, you can pretty well expect that they are going to attempt to communicate with you by email. And they do have the right to do that. As we conclude and finish off this year-end special episode, we hope that all of our episodes have inspired you to embark on your organizing journey that becomes more intentional and more peaceful and it's something that you're proud of. Thank you to all of our guests this year who provided their expertise for our very first year of this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We hope that you enjoyed their episodes and to listen to them a little bit more, you can find them in their links down in the show notes. If you are listening today to us live, it, we are airing this episode on Christmas. 
day. So if you celebrate a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and until next time, happy organizing. Thank you for listening to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you'd leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here. For full show notes and resources, head on over to theorganizedflamingo.com slash podcast. Happy organizing. Happy organizing.